Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So this week we have Erica Ostrander on. She is the founder of Urban Summit Psychotherapy. She's a licensed clinical professional counselor. She helps individuals improve their mental and emotional well-being. Her approach is grounded in principles of trauma-informed care. She started off like 17 years ago, maybe, as my running friend. And She's an Ironman marathoner. She's so much more than what she does. It's not even how I met her, but you know, with social media and getting to connect with her again, I've been so anxious, maybe not anxious isn't the right word, but excited to reconnect and talk to Erica about mental health and just our mental well-being. So Erica, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It is so good to see you. And I am... Uh... Very honored that you asked me to be on your podcast because I've been following you for the past couple of years and, and I really enjoy what you're doing. Thank you. No, I I love following you too. And like it's fun when you meet people and it's not about what they do, but it makes so much sense to me all these years later. Cause I mean, as like a 20-year-old running with you, you did have a wisdom to you and an ability to hold space that makes sense that this is what you do. And so as far as like, I just want to jump in because I got back from my, I was just telling you before we recorded, I got back from my family vacation. I brought a trauma book, which my therapist said was not a beach read. And now having done that, I would kind of agree. Sure. Um, but it was this book called um, What Happened to You by Oprah and Dr. Perry something. And I, I just want to talk to you about, it's like a loaded question about just like, how everything that's ever happened to us impacts how we show up and how you've seen that in your work. Can you just, I don't know, just pick a place to land with that? Yeah, I mean, that that is definitely a loaded question. But I mean, I think, yeah, right? Like we are who we are based on our experiences and how we develop attachments early on and also how we, you know, develop these filters that, help us see the world in a different way, you know, or a very unique way. Um, so anything has an impact um, yeah. on that. No, I just, I was, you know, in reading this book, it was just talking about like the lens we see things through, like someone who was raised that the world is a safe place is going to see the same situation completely different. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how that applies to everything. Like, I, and I, I, it just, I don't know. I just have been so struck by rereading this book and like, even that like certain scents can be like, like passed down through generations. Like if some this in the book, they talk about like someone was attacked by someone who smelled like coffee three generations later, the scent mm-hmm. of coffee. I just think like, I'm just like, my mind is blown as far as like how impacted we are by not even what's happened to us, but what's happened to the people that, our, that our ancestors that came before us. And I was listening to another podcast and it said, it used to be like, they thought it was like seven generations back. And now they're saying it could go even up to 14. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of lot shit. Of, <laughs> that's a lot of, you know, like 
luggage, right? And like, uh, yeah, yes, heavy stuff for sure. And like, so I always think about hairstylists. I always think about like how how do people even like pick their professions based on what's happened to them? So I think so. You know, I do I too. Definitely believe that. Because like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I was just thinking like, I, I had this person on my podcast. I've mentioned it like multiple times, but she's a, she's kind of gone more into like being a healer. And she said that, I said, is there a theme you see with every hairstylist like that you've done a reading for? And she said, the theme that she's seen is that all hairstylists are trying to heal themselves through, through helping someone else. Interesting. Yeah. And I just you know, thought, I, yeah. I always wonder, you know, because you probably hear all kinds of stories, right? Um, and, and people don't, you know, they go and they tell you all these things and you're just kind of absorbing a lot of that. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder if she has an outlet, you know, and I mean, I know you, so I know you do other things, you know, to like keep yourself grounded and, uh, but, but yeah, like that would be a lot to absorb, you know, I need a lot of like quiet time after a full day of sessions. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I have a therapist that I see regularly. I, I do all these other things because I wouldn't be able to function um, otherwise. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I, like- I, I, I was like, I had written down a quote that you have like on your emails and on your websites, on website. It said like, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. Yes. And it makes me wonder like, if like people that do hair have a similar untold story, maybe about not really feeling seen and wanting other people to feel that. To be seen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like just to hold space for other people. And, but what does that, what does that quote mean to you? Cause there's so many you could have chosen and that's like yours. I, yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. Um, because I do believe that when we internalize, you know, pain and suffering and our histories, um, it really, it's, it's, it's detrimental to our mental health, you know, and through our well being and ability to connect with people, um, and it took me a long time to to kind of get to a place where I felt comfortable uh, with who I was, right? Um, obviously, you know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an immigrant. Uh, you know, I came to this country for an opportunity, and but it's hard being a woman of color in America. And for me, you know, I'm white passing, so many times people don't know. So I always struggle with like, do I tell, you know, like unless people ask me, I wouldn't tell I'm Mexican, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. So it's been a long journey of like really connecting with like, I am a Latinx immigrant. I am a single mother, you know, I am. Uh, and those experiences in itself are like, you know, really have impacted me, right? And developed this resiliency and determination to do certain things. But they also are so heavy because I, you know, for a long time, I felt like I couldn't show up because I needed to be perfect. You know, like do everything right. Don't bring negative attention to you. Um, so it, it's really up to like recently where I'm like, you know, I can, I can show up as me and I want people to see me as me. And, uh, and, you know, with all the complexities of that. Yeah. And I also got into this field because I have a, pretty extensive history of childhood trauma, right? And that 
I didn't want to connect with that for a long time. Yeah. That's where the, 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 the quote, that's where it comes from. Totally. Like it's personal to you. I, I thought it was more just like based on the things you've seen other people from the stories you've heard, but it makes sense. Like your best, like I, I lately I've been thinking about how your best position to help the person that you once were. So it makes sense that the quote is personal to you, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so what were you afraid of people? Like what, what, what has happened in the past that made you feel like you couldn't show up as all of who you are? Cause like, to I, I feel like I relate to a lot of what you're saying, but I don't have the immigrant component. I'm married to a first generation right. uh, American, and um, and I know that that has in, it impacts him, and he's showed me a lens to see things through that like I never saw. Like if we're somewhere and someone knocks into him in the south, he'll be like, "That person knocked into me," and I'm like, "Oh, they didn't knock into you." And now I'm like, "They probably did knock in." Believe him. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. that's only happened for me in the last number of years, um, probably because of the way that the world feels like it's shifting and there has felt like more of an awareness around yeah. it. So it's sure. opened my eyes to my, um, you know, lens and my privilege. So what what has it been like? Like has the, obviously things have happened that have made you show up like that. Well, sure. I mean, I you know, I think, I don't know if you know, but I went to... I went to college, right? Like I had the opportunity to come to the U.S. for college, uh, but I went to Minnesota. So we're talking. That's right, and that's where I'm from. And you're from exactly Minnesota. Most, it's not exactly the most diverse place to land. Exactly, and I stood up, right? I have dark hair, like, and people, and I have an accent, right? And people will be like, "Oh, you have an accent," but pe- people couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure me out, like. My first experience was, uh, well, it was somebody made a comment to me. They asked me, oh, you have an accent? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm from Mexico. And immediately the person said to me, you are? Oh, wow, I would have never guessed. You don't speak like Mexican people. And, and I'm like, oh, no. So I remember thinking, oh, how do I, how do I, how do I sound like that? And they're like, oh, you sound more European. Like you're from, you know, I don't know, like some country in Europe or something. And at the time, you know, I was like, oh, okay. It it was like, I thought it was a compliment. And now, right, knowing what I know, I'm like, that was a microaggression, right? Like that's like, oh, if you are from a white country, it's okay to have an accent. Yeah. But don't have... Hispanic accent, right? Like it, 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 it was shocking to me. Um, and then another experience that I had, like people didn't believe that I had that I had a master's degree or that I went to college because they didn't know any Mexican person that have gone to or that were pursuing higher education. And at the time, I was just like, "Really? Like what? What? It, you know?" And those are things that you just hear, and you're like, "Oh, okay." So now you got to work really, really hard, right? Like now make sure that you're not just finish your degree, but also um, do very well. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not supposed to be here or, you, you know, people like you. Right. And like being from a totally different place, I'm like, I think all that just speaks to those per- that person's lack of um, culture. That like, but, but, but I come from an experience totally different, having lived in Chicago for 17 years or whatever. Right. Like I'm like, Oh, that person, like the first thing you said, I'm like, 
oh, that person should have said, like, they could have, they had more humility. They might have said, I haven't really traveled much. So excuse me, excuse my ignorance, because that takes humility. But instead, it's like, you're the, you know, maybe they did mean it, but they also might have just been talking dumb because, oh, now my dog's got another toy. One sec. You can't turn things right now. Okay, I've got all of her stuff. Oh, cute. I love yeah. that toy. I used to have that one for coaching. Yeah. Well, Bubbles is only a year old, so she can be kind of... This choice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, like I, it does change you. And like, I know like even Ramel being like one of the f- few minorities at his company, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's shared stories with me like about how, you know, like it does impact him. Where people and like, expect you to know everything about, you know, like, oh, so all Mexican people. No, I'm like, I'm just talking about my experience. <laughs> right. And also, like, it's not, it's not your job as a certain ethnicity to be the educator. Like, right. It's not up to me to teach you about Mexico or like, you know, like, right. yeah, no. And when you were talking earlier about just like all the, like the little moments, I think it just speaks to just how how like, like when you said you, it took you a long time to be yourself, like it was making me think like, it took me a long time too, but I didn't know I wasn't being myself. I didn't know that I, like I, it bothered me the way people would be like, oh, people that have parents that are divorced, like they're like this. Or if you're mm-hmm. like the statistics, I was like, oh, that's just, those are just generalizations. And then like the more I like, cause I wanted to push away those stereotypes and I wanted mm-hmm. to push away the stereotype of being a hairstylist that wasn't smart. And so I relate to a lot of that, which I know so many mm-hmm. listeners do, even though it's not your experience, it's like so relatable and like how it pushes you to be like a, a striver and to be like proving people wrong. And then like yeah. realizing one day, like, Oh shit. <laughs> some, there's some truth to what everyone was saying. Is that, is that a, like a, is that kind of like a trend you see with people where like, you don't know, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, no, because you don't know what you don't know. Right. Unless somebody points it out. And even, you know, like, I mean, I've known you a long time and I remember, I always thought I'm like, oh, she's so mature. And so like, she has, you know, she, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants. And I was like, I, you know, internally I'm going, oh my God, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life. I have this little girl who is my life, but I want to make sure I don't screw her up. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, talking about statistics, right? Like, yes. I mean, I had my daughter at 18. So I was always so self-conscious about like, I don't want people to think I'm going to be another statistic of a teenage mother. Right. So I worked so hard to like, I don't know what I was trying to do, you know, and like she turned out good, but who knows, you know, what kind of like damage I made. <laughs> well, what do you think that looks like? Do you think that was like, do you think it made you, were you doing that? Like, did, did it end up being that you were kind of like living from the outside in? Like to be, cause I, lately I've been thinking about how way, the way that I used to like, like how I never really checked in with myself. I never thought about how things felt. I was like, if I said yes to enough people for enough things, I'd be seen as a good person. Yeah. But I didn't know it, but I was like living from the outside in instead of now I like pause and I'm like, well, how does that feel for me? Like, but I think as a society, we're kind of taught that. Mm-hmm. 
I think I see it as a being disconnected from your own experience yes. because that's easier, right? Like if I ignore everything that's happening in my body, then I can rationalize things. Um, but I think what people forget is like, yeah, where you're not being yourself and you're not living up to your values and your, you know, your needs and wants, uh, you really cannot show up, you know? So you're, you're, you think you're showing up, but you're really not connecting with people. And I think for me, that was the thing. I was so focused on my daughter, making sure that she had all of the opportunities, all of the, you know, that I've, you know, I was, I mean, I had, you know, I have, I've always, I know a lot of people, but I'm an introvert at heart, right? Like, and I couldn't really be there for people. So I found myself distancing, right? Like, cause I didn't want to get too close or like, you know, I'm an empath too. So I, you know, I, I absorbed people's energy. Um, so yeah, I couldn't really be there. So, you know, like I, I always felt, you know, I lost a lot of friends along the way. And then I had a, basically a crisis when my daughter went to college. Cause then I was just like, Oh, now who am I? I'm not, you know, I was a mom and I'm like, now what do I do with myself? Um, yeah. And I think that's what my journey of like trying to figure who am I besides Naomi's mom totally. and a therapist. <laughs> Yeah. It's like same, like, who am I if I'm not a hairstylist or, you know, yeah. it's so similar. Cause like, you know, in a matter of like six weeks, I had my business partnership end and my kind of marriage blow up. And they were the two identities that I most like hung my hat on. Mm-hmm. And I realize now that like, when I'm out, I don't even talk about them about like, I don't even talk about my, my work and I love my work. I probably do the best work I've ever done but I don't even talk about it now. You have other parts of you. Yes. Yeah. But like, I remember that rock bottom of being like, well, if neither of these are, if I can't wear these two identities, like I got nothing. And like, I, I'm getting ready to do this like women's um, retreat this weekend. And I have like a 10 minute talk. And I was like, I'm going to tell the story, which relates to what you said when Naomi went to college, like, I, I, I remember like not really caring that much about like each age or anything, but I was like, my 30th birthday was rolling around and I was like, God, 30, like, I feel like that's going to be, that's it. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to book a room at the Ada street has this really cool, like 12 person table, little private room, this little restaurant. And two days before my 30th birthday. And I think because I started doing hair at 19, I thought, 11 years to get the ball rolling. Like 30 things should be like, it sh- I should be kind of at the pinnacle. Right, right. You know? And I was like looking around. I, no I, was, I was checking a lot of boxes. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to have the party now. You know? I mean, I'm going to have the, yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to do the victory. Celebration. Lap. <laughs> the victory lap. And two days before my business partner was like, I think it's been a good run. And I was like, a what? I'm like, and I remember one of the first things I thought because I had this vision of a birthday that was like kind of like my ego in hindsight or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe you did this. I mean, I was devastated, but I also was like, I can't believe you've done this two days before the Golden Globes. Not the really, con- but like my my birthday sure. extravaganza. But the the rock bottom like moment was I realized when I uninvited her because I was like, you can't come. Um I didn't have any Fair. friends to invite. Oh. 
I hadn't built a life. Like I, she was like the only quote unquote friend coming. Mm-hmm. And then, so it was just my mom, my sister, Ramel and my sister's husband. And I remember thinking like, never again, never again will I be, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll have other things happen in my life, but I'll never not have like the, the friendship of other women. But I had built this whole life on like, I think saying yes to everyone else's emergencies, yes to everything, thinking that that was going to fill me up. And then Mm -hmm. I thought that I would be able to have this birthday celebration, but I don't know who I thought would be coming. Yeah, because you were attending to only one room, right? Or like, I I always talk to my clients about like, you know, if you think of your life as a house and like, if you only have one room in the house, uh, it's rough when that room burns down or like something happens, right? You need to have more than one room. Yeah. It's exactly like what something Jewel said in an interview with that I listened to. She's like, I think of my life as a tree and I need to have multiple branches. She said, I could have just been an artist. She's like, but I would have never had the the balance and I would have never had the other like limbs. And I, you know, she's like, you think Mm -hmm. of a tree, like you can't just have, you know, it doesn't really work. With a, and just a trunk. <laughs> just a trunk. And yeah, it turns out I was a trunk with like two like small like spurts on the top or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I just, I related to what you were saying because I was like, yeah, like, who am I? Not like, what do I do for other mm-hmm. people? I used to say like, at the end of, like if I were to have like died back then, I would have had like a long, long line of cars at my funeral, but they would have all been clients. And it wouldn't have been any, like, it wouldn't have been like that they didn't care. Like they do there. I love my clients, but Mm -hmm. like if it were all over tomorrow, it wouldn't just be my clients there now. There's different rooms. Exactly. How does that feel? Oh my God. I feel lighter. I feel like, I feel like I, I wouldn't have regrets. Yeah. So what's your journey been like now, like that you have started, like, what does it look like for you to show up more as who you are? Because I even think now knowing that part of your story, like even your Instagram handle. Which like it makes, it, well, it's like urban Latina. Urban Latinx, yeah. Like I love that because it's like now it, I, that makes, that's like, that's one way you're showing up. But like, what else have you done? I mean, I've done a lot of things, but, you know, you know, like these past couple of years, I really like limit my, you know, uh, I think I got into this place of like, oh, I need all this validation, you know, and I needed to stop because that external validation is not, was not making it right. Like, that's not what I needed. I needed to really self-validate to like really have compassion for myself and connect with like, it is okay to be who I am. And the people that are going to be in my life are going to be here regardless of you know, if I am working my butt off or if I am like winning these races or if I am like being the perfect mother, you know, like being the, the, the always yes, 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 I'll do it. I'll say, switch my schedule. I fit in the client at 9 p.m. Like, and it's like, no, like it's going to be okay. Like I can say no, I can state my needs, um, but it's been really hard, you know, like it's, I'm constantly battling every day. It's like, okay, you know, you know, I still overdo it. I still overfunction, um, but I have the awareness that I'm doing it. And then I have to like check in and be like, what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And like the validation thing, I relate to that. Did, do you, did you, how, like for me, like I told Ramel this year, I said, this year, I don't want to think that there's one piece missing that I need to like pay for in my business to make it all come together. Like, I think I do that in my business. Like, I'll be like, okay, if I could just get that website, if mm-hmm. I could just, and and I realized like, and I told Ramel, I said, this year, I don't want to think that other people have the answers. I want to trust this year that like, I don't need to pay for the answers that I just want to like, you could do it. Trust that like, I know what's best for me and that I'm equipped to do it and not, cause I, I think like, I don't know. What do you think about how like people, you like learn something in one part of your life, but you don't necessarily apply it to the other. Like for instance, like I feel like I stopped doing that for myself and in my life, but then I, it takes me a while to like learn it in some, in like my business or if I do it in my business, sometimes I don't necessarily know how to do it in my personal life. I'm like, Oh damn, I learned that over there, but I haven't brought it over here. Like it's almost like to take it back to the rooms in the house. It's like one room's got boundaries. I got another room that, or whatever. I'm like, I, I just think there's, I just, this year, I don't want to think that I need Okay, I did it like, you know, in my personal life when I was like healing from marriage stuff, I was like, oh, God, I get another healer. Let me get another reading. Let me get mm-hmm. another this. And then I was like, just quiet. Maybe just pray about it, Lindsay, and stop asking everyone in the spiritual world. And maybe you can be your own spiritual world. But and then in my business, you know, I, I feel like that's a thing this year that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to think that. And all the steps I've taken, I'm grateful for. But I think this year is about not thinking that it's something outside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connecting to yourself and trusting. Yeah. And not like, oh, you got to get that marketing person. And you got to get this. And you got to get that. And you, because it's kind of like, a, it's almost like an addiction to like the validation part. It's almost like, sure. I almost like want to get on a line, like a, call with someone and have them be like, okay, so your business, it's like, I don't need that for myself now, but it's like, you can kind of like, they say like uh, addictions and stuff like mutate. I just wonder if my need for validation is maybe mutated a little bit. That's that's a good question. You know, I don't know. I made that up just now. But I think it's also like the different parts of ourselves, right? So there's different parts of you. Um, And I think sometimes those parts are independently of each other and there's different things that are coming up based on, you know, whenever that part started for you. Um, And I think the goal is always to like allow your present self to take over the parts and be like, Hey, I can handle this. Yeah. No. Cause as you were talking, I was thinking like, I definitely have a part that thinks everyone knows more than me. Mm -hmm. Like, Everyone, like, if I could just ask them what to do, you know, like the work has been to be like, okay, like, well, no, I mean, how would they know how you feel? You know, but then it's like, or what you need or what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized the other day, like when somebody in the salon, a client came in and was like, oh my God, you're so weird. And I took it and I was like, I am. And I was like, that is such a shift for me. I was like, I know, thank you. But I remember like, Three years ago, when my coworker Helen started working with me again, she was like, oh, my God, I forgot how weird you were. And I felt a tinge of bad when she said it. 
And now I was like, that is such a compliment. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, and I just wonder, like, like, I don't know, like I get the feeling that this year is, is people, I just are tired of the veneer. Mm -hmm. It's like, bring, bring your weird self, bring your this. And like, weird is cool. Yeah. You know, I agree. Well, yeah, it's what you make, you know, what does it mean to you? Yeah. I think Um, I I had an association of like different and different's bad. And I think I was always trying to fit in, always trying to blend in. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't. You don't have to. No. I mean, it's boring when you do. Exactly. Exactly. But I think I didn't have a tolerance built for people not liking me. Which, yes. And that's, that's kind of exactly way I felt, you know, like for the longest time, you know, like, and I can honestly tell you probably the past year was one of the hardest years for me. Uh, I, you know, I had to make some really difficult decisions personally. And, you know, I've been trying to build my practice and as you know, right, like being a small business owner is scary, right? Um, at least for me, it's been, Oh my, you know, I'm constantly like, am I going to have enough clients? Am I going to be able to make this work? And then I had to like trust that I'm like, no, I have, you know, I'm good at what I do. I, I have a niche, you know, like I know, you know, what I can offer, but it's still like trying to figure it out. Other parts of my life that are not, you know, doing so great. So, you know, like there was a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, you know, to some degree. And if people look at my Instagram, you know, like my personal Instagram, you wouldn't be able to tell, right? Everybody thinks I have this glamorous life. Um, so I had to step back from that and be like, you know, I can't show up that way because that's only, you know, that's not true. Well, and I think it, like for me, like when I remember when I was opening Lin May, my studio, and like my marriage was like shattered. And I, I remember someone saying that very thing to me, like, here you are because people are assholes and people just say things um, like True. here you are acting like things are going well. And I was like, you know what? People can't handle the duality of life. That's one of the issues I think that we have in society is like my yeah. career was going well. Like, so because, and that's the other thing. It's like, people think like hard times disqualify you. Like, it's like, no, no, no. Like I don't, it's life. Why, would I not, why would I not enjoy what's going well in my life? And also two things can be happening and I also don't owe people an explanation or I don't so I'm not not being real I and I think when I was in it like that was all still real and I did have this great business but then as I've gotten farther from the pain I'm able to talk more about like oh like like I can share more not from the wound but I think Mm -hmm. people people get very get it twisted you know sometimes too because it's like sure you were still doing Ironmans or, you know, you still were running marathons. So you don't get to like share the joy of your life because you have hardship. I just think people, people are so sometimes they're just a little bit dense or something. I think it's just hard to like admit that, you know, cause we have this pursuit of happiness. Like you're supposed to be happy and all the time. And I'm like, well, actually most people are not because we all have stuff that we're going through. Yeah. I mean, right? Life is not easy. No, I remember making that shift too. Like when I was at, I started going to speakers. I started loving to learn from people and I, you know, I'd go to speakers and they'd have it all figured out and they'd be on stage. And then I started going to like smaller events and there'd be like women that like they were leading it. But then when there'd be a time, like I'm thinking of Gina, 
who I'm going to this event with this weekend, like she was leading an event and when it was small groups, she was like talking to someone and getting emotional, like during the time. And I was like, you know what? I've had it wrong. I don't want to be guided by someone who acts like they have it all figured out. I want to be guided by someone who is authentic and they're in their, if they're, if they're in their life and they're living their life, then they're going to be dealing with the challenges that come with being in your life. And those are the people I want to look towards. I don't want to look towards a person on a stage with a pink jacket on who's like, here's the three-step module. Like, I want to be around people that's like, she's in it. She's living it. She's feeling it. But I was like, that's a shift. Because again, society tells us, oh, we want to go to the experts that have it together. Right. And they don't tell you what it took for them to maybe get there, right? Or like, what's behind that? Yeah. So then you you create this idea like, oh, it's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be this. And it's about Exactly. I don't want to come down on Jada Pinkett and Will here, but having had a broken marriage, I I, I really did look to them and I was like, God, what an amazing story. And then I'm like, you two have been living separately for seven years? Like what the and it's like your business is your business, but like not everyone is 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 like being totally transparent you don't have to be totally transparent but you just have to remember that when they're giving you marriage advice and they're not married you know i mean that's just (laughs) that's confusing it is very confusing but it's just you know i think that's kind of yeah we're exposed to so much more nowadays that we're in information overload right so you're constantly comparing and that's why for me i needed to take a step back and be like i i need to be i need to come back to myself and be okay with that. And then, you know, I can come back at some point um, more authentic, you know, and more, uh, yeah, like just balance. Uh, yeah. Because I wasn't like, like last year was just like, I barely, you know, I was super focused on work, which I was great, but everything else in my life was falling apart. So uh, yeah, it's like, you know, and then you don't you don't want that to show up because like, people are coming to me for advice and guidance, and here I'm like, well, if you only knew, right, what right, what's going on, right? Uh, so I had to be, you know, have compassion for that part of me that was struggling, and also the part that like was picking up the pieces, right? Like you're doing the best you can, and it's okay if you can't be there for everyone, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been. It's been a journey, and I think you know I'm, I'm I need to be able to do the work that I'm doing with my clients as well, so I can be there for them. Because I cannot be like just just listening and not really connect with what's going on for them. No, totally. And like what you're saying, the comparison. I was listening to a podcast about. It's actually talking about money, but I thought it was interesting. He was saying like. Every generation in a family tends to get, uh, like, accumulate a little bit more wealth, but no one really notices it because they're looking at everyone else and everyone else is slowly moving with them. And so people Mm -hmm. don't actually ever give themselves any credit Credit. for Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, just for the accumulation or the growth or the forward motion. And it doesn't even have to be about money, but I'm like, God, I wonder if that's also what happens to us about our lives. Like we're not who we were when we began. Like if, like if Erica of running 2007 could see her today, she'd be blown away. But then we like look to the left, we look to the right on Instagram and it's like, 
Oh, so wow. Behind. Like my business isn't where hers is. It's like, remember that Erica of truth? Like, like I never even thought I would, I never even aspired to have my own place, you know, like I, you know, or like, I don't even know back then if you even aspired to having your own business. It's like, it's just like, we would be blown no. away if we could look at the the timeline of our lives. But when we look left and we look right, we're just seeing everyone kind of slowly making progress. But it's almost like, it's like, almost like we have glasses on that propels them a lot more forward than they are. Or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I've always felt like whenever I like have gone to something or done something where like I see another educator or hairstylist, I'm always like, wait, I've been doing that for 10 years. You just learned that? And I I don't say it to anyone, but I'm always Mm -hmm. like, I don't, and I was telling a nail tech this in the Grand Cayman last week. She's like, do you think you um, are hard? Like, you don't, you, she says something like, do you think you underestimate yourself? Cause we were talking about life. And I go, I don't think I underestimate myself. No, I think I don't give myself credit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I give credit where credit's due. And yeah. she was like, oh, I get that. Yeah. And it's like, but what do you think that comes from? I know. Like, I wonder if it's just, like being raised by people that never, I never saw, I never saw it modeled. I never saw like, and I, when I interviewed my grandma for my podcast, she said, I asked her, what was your relationship? What's your relationship like with yourself? And what has it been? She's like, I never had one. So that made me think that explains a fuck ton. That explains why I've struggled to prioritize myself and struggled to to see where my needs fit in or that I even have them or what they would be, you know, like that was the model then. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, like stop to the side of my journey and go, Lindsay, that's amazing. But I am laughing all the time. (laughs) I'm laughing all the time. I don't stop and do a lot of celebrating, but I do laugh my ass off every day. Sometimes at the expense of others, sometimes just at myself, but like, and my grandma said, there's been, there's no, like, she's never, she said, I have no sense of humor when I like think about things. And I'm like, that's something I've cultivated. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a saving grace. Right. Yes. But so, yeah, but so if you didn't have that model, right. And also I just feel like a lot of it is, you know, we're, you just feel like you're expected to do these things, you know, and sometimes it could be just your identity as a woman, your identity as a mother, your identity as a wife. You just, you know, so to say, oh, I, I, I work really hard on this. You know, I made it through today. Like, it's almost like we were not taught to do that, you know, yeah. like, you just expected to do these things and know how to do them and be great at it. Not just good, but <laughs> Um, and that's, I think that's the message, you know, that I think um, happens and you internalize that. Yeah. I mean, it brings us full circle to like everything. I almost feel like none of this is my fault. You know, it is my responsibility to sure, figure it out, sure, right. but I'm like, and to grow and to grow, but like, oh my gosh, like, I just wonder how much it would lighten people's loads to know that it's not even their point of view. It's not even their, their issue. It's like something that was like, they saw, this is how people react when this is, this is what being disrespected looks like. This is what 
people in our family, this is how high you can climb. This is what's allowed. And then like your whole life has this structure that you didn't even build. Yep, exactly. And you know, like I, I tell people all the time, like most of our attachment and safety patterns are like developed within the first two years of life where they're pre-verbal, right? So you don't even have the language to make that connection. And <laughs> so a lot of these internalized beliefs that we have, they're, we, you don't even, you know, you're not, you don't have the awareness unless you really work through it. And I think that's why I feel like it's helpful to like sit with yourself and all the things that like, like the, the things that you're like, I used to laugh at, like, what do you mean go for a nature walk? Got a life. I got clients to see like I, all those things. It's like, if we don't have language for the things that have happened to us, then we have to do things that allow us to sit with what it feels like because we don't have words. That is so hard to do, right? To sit with that feeling that you have disconnected from for the past 30 some years or for me, you know, 40 some years. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's like, it's overwhelming. <laughs> and my nervous system gets activated so much that I'm like, I have to like take breaks. You know, like, I can only sit with myself for so long. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I just, I just could talk to you for the rest of my life and just learn more about myself. But where can people find you? You're in Chicago. You see clients. Do you see clients remotely in person? I do both. I have an office here like um, in Lakeview. Um, and I love doing in-person therapy. I think is I think the benefits of that human contact and actual closeness and attachment repair and can only be done when you're actually in person, you know. Um, yeah. But telehealth has opened up the door for people that probably would have never come to therapy. hundred percent. So, I mean, I, I see the value. I think it's important, but I tried to get my clients to come in and see me at least once a month. I'm like, just come on over to the office. I'm like, you know, just let's, you know, um, I like to meet them in person. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember um, when Ramel wanted to meet my therapist and I was like, well, I'd have to check with Beth. I would never want her to be uncomfortable. And she was you like, you do want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, uh, obviously, Erica, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but uh, I never thought like that until right now. Um, okay. and, Beth was like, that's fine. And I was like, okay, as long as you're comfortable, you're, you're exactly right. You're obviously a professional. Um, but yeah, so where can people find you? Um, well, I have an Instagram, Urban okay. Latinx Talks. Um, I am going to be starting a podcast soon, I think. I'm working Do on it. it. I know. It's just been a, it's been a, a process. <laughs> but, it is a process. So I will definitely let you know when that happens. And um, my website, I think, is, um, is up. I think it was down for a little bit, but it should be up again soon. Okay, I'll have it in the uh, show. Urban, yeah, Urban Summit Psychotherapy. Um and yeah. Okay. Well, have you, uh, last thing I want to leave people with, have you picked a word of the year or an intention for the year? I did. Um, it's courage, you know. I love that. So, yes. Just Maybe even you. being on the show today is part of that. It was, you know, I, I know you had asked me about this and I was like, I don't know. What do I have to share? What do you want me That's to talk about? I'll feel, you know, feel the fear, do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you. It was so good to see you.